So, 2 Timothy chapter 2, let's look at the first seven verses that we have here, and let's see what God, God's Word says. It says in verse number 1, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Verse 4, no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And also, if anyone competes in athletics, he's not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. Verse 6, the hardworking farmer must be first to partake of the crops. And verse 7, consider what I say, and may the Lord give you understanding in all things. And that's where we're going to take a look at. Let's uh, have a word of prayer this morning. Father God, we love you. Father, there's a message in this passage that I desperately want to convey, but I cannot do it without you. So Lord, in this moment, I pray that you will help me to just empty me of what I want to say, and may the words that do not come from you not even leave my mouth. Father, I pray that you will help us to understand our individual call, our individual need to be involved in foreign missions, in local missions, but with our neighbor as well. Help us, Lord, to uh, understand what you have for us this morning. We'll give you all the praise and honor for it because you are worthy. In Jesus' name, amen. The worship this morning and the music was phenomenal. Thank you to all that were involved in that. The very last song where it said, take, take to the world the treasure you found. My friends, if you had looked and looked and found treasure that you knew could affect all those around you, how foolish would it be to not show everybody else where that foolish is, where that treasure is, sorry. It'd be foolish to not show that treasure. Let's say, for instance, this vaccine that's coming out for the for the virus, or whether it's, let's say we, hey, you found a vaccine that for cancer. I don't know about you, but I hate cancer. <laughs> I hate cancer. But let's say, for instance, you found a vaccine where you could give somebody this pill and whatever kind of cancer they had would go away the moment they took that pill. Let's say, for instance, you thought, hmm, I don't have cancer now. I might get cancer later. I better hide these for later while the brothers and sisters and family members around you died of cancer. How foolish would that be? It'd be crazy. You would look at the person, you would think, I, what is wrong with you? But yet, my friend, we have the vaccine for a, a, a disease that is even worse than cancer, which is called sin. But are you involved in sharing that? Are you involved in taking it to the world and telling them about the treasure you found? Paul here is trying to encourage Timothy in his work as a missionary. And again, we're not going to single this out for the missionary, single this out for the pastor. We're going we're to spread this to all of us as believers. And we're going to try to take a look at exactly what Paul was trying to convey. The first one that we have here is in verse number two, when he says, And the things you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these 
to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. The first example and the first call that I believe God has for you and for me is the discipline of a teacher. The discipline of a teacher. Do we have any teachers in our midst today? I'm telling you what, I honor teachers because I have been a youth pastor where I get them for just a little bit once a week or twice a week and I want to kill them, okay? You guys have to look at them day after day after day after day and you can't kill them. (laughs) How do you do it? (laughs) But not only do you have to do it day after day after day, but with this pandemic and the shutting the schools down and the opening the back up and the virtual and all the changes that have happened in this year, we honor you guys. We absolutely honor you guys. Because if you want to be a school teacher, and the ones that are here are probably too humble to admit this, they don't just wake up in the morning and say, huh, I think I'm going to teach some kids today. Hey, kids, what's going on? What do you, what do you want to learn? I, th- I think I'm going to teach you about this today. Without any kind of prep, without any kind of study, without any kind of, of understanding the weight that is that opportunity to teach, no, they have to study the lesson plans and all of the work I see some of the faces of these teachers just grimacing with the mentioning of all these aspects of it. It takes work, and that is the example of the discipline of a teacher. The discipline of a teacher. It happens right here in in the church as well. Um, I, I think of the role of Sunday school teachers. Oh my goodness, Sunday school teachers, it is a position that you do year after year after year, and you know, I've done it before, the pay isn't really that great. These pastors, I don't know what they're doing, but they're not paying their Sunday school teachers very well, are they? You don't do it for the pay. You you better not anyway. You do it because you love Jesus, number one, and you want to share Jesus with others. Here's some of the words that came to my mind when I thought of a teacher. Trustworthy. Trustworthy. Think about your very favorite teacher, whether it's somebody in the school, in, in, in uh, the church, or wherever. Think about your very favorite teacher or, or examples of teachers. They're probably very trustworthy. If they're not a trustworthy person, that's not somebody that you want to listen to at all. You're practically wasting your time by listening to them if they're not a trustworthy person. Because how do you know that the information they're giving is even true or not? It has to be somebody trustworthy. They also also have to be capable. They also have to be capable. Somebody that is not a good teacher that tries to teach, it's kind of boring to listen to that person, right? I believe it's a gift that that we can have to be able to teach. And so we think about the discipline. But look at what he says in this uh, verse here. It says, And the things which you have heard from me among many witnesses... I sometimes read Paul, and I'm just going to be completely honest with you. I sometimes read Paul, and I think to be such an amazing example for us and to have written so much of the New Testament, he could come across a little bit arrogant at times. But you know what it is? It's not arrogance. I believe it is the confidence of God using him. He comes to them, and he says, these are not just my words. Number one, they're words of God through me. But he also says, among many witnesses, there have been many people affirmed to you that I'm worthy and that I'm teaching you what you need to be taught. What you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. There's another word that we 
um, have lost, I believe, in so much of our church history. And I, I see churches really wanting to grab it these days, and it just encourages me so much. But the word is discipleship. Discipleship. We're committing this to other people who may then tell other people who may then tell other people. That's a teacher's role, right? How many of you teachers get up in the morning and go to work and you're ready to teach these kids or whoever you're teaching and you think, man, I hope they just forget everything I'm about to tell them. No way. No way. And so it is the discipline uh, of a teacher is what we see here. Number two, we see the dedication of a soldier. Look at verses three and four. You therefore must endure hardship. Again, when I say I, miss, I really struggle to understand Paul, look at how Paul is trying to encourage us right here. Hey, you need to stand up, Timothy, and you need to be a good soldier because hardships are coming. Uh, can he go then? <laughs> right? I mean, Paul is telling us the truth that you really need to stand up and go forward because you must endure hardships. How many of us in this day and age get up ready in the morning to take on that day, yes, thinking about the work and the things we need to do, but also looking for opportunities to serve our Savior and think, man, this is going to be so easy today. Oh, we don't at all, right? We look at it and we say, you know what? It's not going to be easy talking to the neighbor today because I tried last time and it didn't really, you know, it's never easy. Why is it not easy? Because this world is not our home. And I think as soon as we as Christians can get that in our mind, that we are truly just passing through and truly going to face hardships in every moment of every day, like a good soldier, we must have that dedication. Some of the words, and I want to recognize soldiers that are in here now, if you've served in the military, my friend Aaron here, I know, um, served in the military. If any of you have served in the military, you know it is not easy work. And God's Word looks at you and I and says, hey, if you're going to be involved day to day in bringing me worship and bringing me glory, God looks at you and says, you need to have the dedication of a soldier. Some of the words come to my mind, suffer. Soldiers suffer. Soldiers suffer. I've got a cousin that is in the military boot camp really now that is being trained to go as a soldier and they don't come up to him and and you know say hey did that pillow you slept on was that a good cushion pillow <laughs> no they don't they don't come up to him and say hey that bed you've been sleeping on we bought that last year we probably need to replace that do you mind if we give you a different no they don't what did he do just a few weeks ago he was telling me they gave him his backpack and they sent him out in the woods and basically said hide from us and if we find you you lose <laughs> okay <laughs> And so he had to hide. If he, if he could hide within three days and them not find him, then, then he, he had passed his training kind of thing. That's the dedication of a soldier. They are going to suffer. Number two, focused. Focused. They have to be focused. You're not going to go to war not focused on the enemy that's coming to kill you. And yet day to day we go out and we are not focused on our enemy, the devil, who does not want to hurt you, he wants to slay you. He wants to see you destroyed. Focused. And then what's the third word that I have? Loyal. You've got to be loyal. And that's what he even says here. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life 
that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Is your goal really to please our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to please our God? Well, then we better be focused on what he expects from us. The, des- the discipline of a teacher, to the dedication of a soldier. But then the third example we have here is the determination of an athlete. Look at verse number five. And also, if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. I'm going to give a little bit of an illustration here, and you have to pardon me because I'm a diehard fan of the football team that doesn't have a name. <laughs> you football fans know exactly what I'm talking about. My Redskins, okay? <laughs> it's not politically correct to use that name anymore, so I'm not going to use it anymore, but I'm a diehard Redskins fan. Oh, it just came out. I'm sorry. <laughs> Alex Smith. Are any of y'all aware of Alex Smith's story? Alex Smith, who played for the 49ers, played for the Chiefs, he comes to the Redskins, and, well, you know what they do. They, they take a good player and destroy him and then send him off and wonder, what happened to the player? Well, yeah, I've seen him for years and years do this kind of thing. Alex Smith, he comes out onto the field and he uh, breaks his leg to where I don't want to gross you out, but uh, it, was, it was a gruesome, gruesome, gruesome break to where the bone was coming out of the leg. And he ended up having, I think, 19 or 20 surgeries. If you're a, any kind of sports fan, they did a 30 for 30 on him, I think, with ESPN did, and showed the journey that he came through. It is unbelievable what he came through. But then within two years, or a little over two years, he's like the third string quarterback for my beloved team that doesn't have a name. And, um, you know, the, the way the team does it, they, they really can just ruin their players. And so the first guy goes out, the second guy comes out, and now the only guy you've got is Alex Smith, who two years ago broke his leg, and now he's got all this gear on it, and I mean, it's just ridiculous. He, he literally, in order to play, has this like piece of metal that attaches here and comes down under his foot because he doesn't have these muscles on the front of his leg anymore to lift his foot up. And so that piece of metal has to help him. Why he's out on that football field, I don't understand, except the determination of an athlete. Well, he literally comes out on the field, and they showed his wife and kids that are up in the stadium watching him, and she's literally like this, you know? <laughs> and I'm at home, like, wringing my hands, like, what are you doing, Alex, you know? And then Aaron Donald, one of the greatest defensive players in the league, comes out, and he goes to sack him and literally jumps on his back. And I'm screaming at the TV, get off of him, get off of him, don't hurt him, you know? But he plays and he ends up, I don't know, playing seven games or something like that and was like five and two and played well. I look at people like that and number one, I think you're crazy. Okay, I'm just going to be honest. I think you're crazy. But I look and I see the determination of these guys. All for a game, all for a child's game that they get to go out and play this thing. He's risking his life. He almost lost his leg because of all these surgeries and infection and things that he went through. But he makes it out on there, and he got the comeback player of the year. Naturally, they need to name the award after the guy for what he came back through. But then I think, and I look at this example in Scripture, and I look at it, and I see God looking at me and saying, Jason, I want you to be Alex Smith. And I look at God and say, God, I, I don't know if I have that in me. 
I just don't know if I have that in me, the determination, the obedience to the rules and what do you have to do, the self-control that these men have, these women have in the sports that they're playing, the determination of an athlete. But then the last example that we have is one that doesn't get a whole lot of attention, and that is the diligence of a farmer. Look at verse number six. The hardworking farmer must uh, be first to partake of the crops. Any of you been a farmer or had a farmer in your life? or Have you seen the schedule that these guys have to do? I've got a distant cousin that has long been with the Lord now, but he lived to be 103 years old. The man had a, a uh, garden that was probably as big from here to the back of the wall in that overflow room there, and just as wide here. I'm mean, this massive garden that he was out there working in every summer and doing, I mean, this, the, heat, the heat baking the man to where I drive by and I'm wanting to yell at him like I yelled at Alex Smith to get off the field. I want to yell at him and say, get out of that garden. You're like 100 years old. What are you doing, dude? There is something inside of a farmer that they are just dedicated to that work. And it's something that is just, there's a self-drive. They, the words I've got here, work hard. They just don't make people like farmers, like anybody else, you know? Imagine if everybody worked as hard as a farmer did. Self-motivated. I mean, there's just no other example of self-motivated quite like a farmer. And then oftentimes alone. You get that farmer on his tractor, and man, there's no happier place for that guy to be. <laughs> My distant cousin Homer lived to be 103. He was out in that garden, and I want to say that the day that he could not get out in that garden, he was gone within a year. Something about the drive in a farmer just makes them be able to push through stuff that the average person can't. And just like God looks at you and I and says, I want you to be Alex Smith, He looks at you and I and says, I want you to be a farmer. I want you to have the diligence of a farmer. My friend, these are not positions that necessarily we would choose. <laughs> I look at this list and I say, hey, what about the superstar that gets up on the stage and has all the fans saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he, God doesn't have that on the list. At least when I've read it, I haven't seen that on the list. Or some of us maybe are more introverts and we think, hey, I just want to be a, a bump on the log over here in the corner. Like, don't even look my direction. That's what I want to be. And I look at the list and I don't, I don't see that either. What do we have in the list? We have the discipline of a teacher. That dedication that it takes to be a teacher is something that you just don't find in a lot of people. The dedication of a soldier. Man, God bless our soldiers who are willing to give up possibly their life for this country. That's something that he's looking, God looks at you and I and says, I'd like for you to have that dedication. The determination of an athlete. Yeah, they get paid a lot of money, but man, they are willing to put their, put their bodies out there in just ways that it's just unbelievable. And then that diligence of a farmer. That quiet, to themselves, focused on this line, and then I'm going to do the next line. And then I'm going to focus on it. My dad used to get up in the morning and 
he'd have to eat a bowl of cereal before he worked, it, worked out on the, because he worked with a farmer for several years. He'd get up and bowl, eat a bowl of cereal because he knew he had to be out there at 4.30 to work with this farmer. And that farmer wasn't going to eat breakfast until 10.30, 11, whenever he finished all of his work for the morning. He says, hey, Jason, I, I couldn't wait that long. I had to get up, eat a bowl of cereal, and go with the farmer at work. And then when he was done, I'd go eat again. <laughs> That's just a different lifestyle. Are you like a teacher? In your day-to-day life, in your service to this church, service to your missionaries, service to your pastor, service to those around you, and your dedication to be more like Christ in your day-to-day, do you have the discipline of a teacher? Do you have the dedication of a soldier? Do you have the determination of an athlete or the diligence of a farmer? I'll be honest, I look at this list and I fall short in a lot of ways. (laughs) Probably in four ways. That's the four examples we have. I fall short. He says in the last verse here, he says, Consider what I say and the Lord give thee understanding in all things. Paul's like, I know I've just given you quite a list that you're really going to have to think on for a long time to be able to figure out how to be like this. Consider what I say and the Lord give thee understanding in all things. I'm going to ask Pastor Jeremy to come up. I've got a bag over here that I want to play with for just a moment, and it's going to be a good illustration for us and a little bit of fun for him and for us as well. (laughs) So, Pastor, one of the things on the list was to be a good teacher. So here we go. We've got our ABCs. Do you know the alphabet? Okay. <laughs> so there we go. We've got, it. We've got our teacher aspect that we have here. Another one is that we need to be a good soldier, right? So I don't have bullets in here. But this is, and I sold this for my son. I hope it's still... But there you go for the Nerf gun. There's that team that used to have a name. But uh, we also need to be like athletes. So Pastor, I need you to hold that too as well. And, and Pastor, by the way... Those are only three. We also want you to be a good oh. farmer as well. So if you could somehow, can you, can you, <laughs> I need you to hold those as well. Is he, is he comfortable trying to handle all of these things? No, none of us would be. He's got the gun though. He's ready to go. Friends, what I want us to see here more than anything is the expectations that God has for us we cannot do by ourselves. Just as he is handling these things and fumbling them around and trying to handle them, when God looks at us and he does expect this of us, this is when Jesus says, but I'll never leave thee nor forsake you. Try to remember maybe more than these lists of what God wants out of us. What we need to remember maybe more than anything is that we cannot do this without God. And if we're going to carry the weight of being a farmer, a teacher, a football player, a a, a soldier, we have to empty ourselves of us. We need to get out of the way and say, God, if I'm going to do this, I need you to do it through me. Can we pray? Father God, I just want to thank you for your word. Lord, I just want to thank you for this church. I want to thank you for their dedication to missions, not just abroad, but right here in their community as well. Lord, I pray that you will use these words to encourage our hearts. Yes, to help us focus more on you um, and, and what you expect of us, but maybe more than anything, God, that we'll remember how much we need you. Because, God, we do. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.